1: you are locked on mavericks your daily podcast on the dallas mavericks part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: this is going to be you
1: welcome you are locked on the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead credentialed media member at MavsFanatic.com, and i am joined as always by the also credentialed editor of smoking cuban what you got for me isaac Nick, have you ever traveled to Antarctica? I have not. Well, you have today, because that's where we're sitting right now. (laughs) We wanted to thank Dallas Baptist University for letting us use the uh, radio studio today. We wanted to do this, uh, the Locked On Draft podcast. We wanted to do it uh, in a good way, and we're also doing it for um, Locked On NBA as well. We're recording something later for that. So we're here at Dallas Baptist University. It is very cold in this studio, but uh, that keeps the equipment fresh. It's
0: like negative four degrees. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so today we're going to talk about, um, Laurie marketing. We're going to do dive into the draft profile of Laurie marketing. We're going to talk about his strengths, his weaknesses, everything that we, uh, attribute to him. I mean, <laughs> there's really, um, it's not going to be a super long, I don't think podcast because we're, we're both pretty set on what we think about him. And, uh, and there's been reports by dirk specifically that that the uh, the Mavericks aren't leaning towards taking him. So it's not really that important, but it is a possibility and it is a guy that's definitely, you know, linked to the Mavericks in certain ways and he's also definitely going to be available. So we're going to talk about the strengths, weaknesses, availability, ceiling, floor, uh his NBA comparison, future role on the team, roster impact if he was to be drafted by the Mavericks, and then why the Mavericks should take him and why they shouldn't take him. So that's, we're going to talk about that. Um Thanks so much for for joining us. Please if you can rate and review the podcast, go to iTunes. Let's make this the most rated and reviewed, you know, podcast of all the lockdowns. We want MFFLs to to show up like you do every single night for the Mavericks. The sellout streak is strong, so let's sell out for this podcast. So, all right, Isaac, strengths for Laurie marketing. I mean, the the biggest one is we we just talked about it before coming on. His shooting might be the biggest strength of any players in the draft.
0: Yeah, it's a you brought up a good point before we push record is his shooting is his strength better or more elite than some other prospects their main strength so like comparing it to like Fox's quickness Lonzo's passing Smith's like explosiveness yes and then and shooting and i think i think i would put Lonzo's passing a little above it but i think it's right there i put yeah, it yeah it it's over. like which one is the biggest strength of all the strengths
1: <laughs> and that's yeah. that's a weird thing to say like would you put OG's defense on there
0: i mean i think you would but <laughs> don't don't get me started on OG this is I can't do this right now not for this pod no um you know you know I want to preface this by saying you know we might come across as not really putting him down but it's just as far as his Mavericks fit right now but I love marking as a player I love him as a prospect we talked about his ability to come in next year and be instantly good and like as far as like He's gonna he's gonna give a team next year what he's what he could give a team in five years. You know, it's not gonna be a developmental thing. Like, I think Frank would be a you know Nilekino would be a different story than Markkinen as far yeah. as marketing could step in for a team that's in win now mode. You add Markkinen, you know what you're gonna get immediately. So, yeah, I like him as a prospect. We'll talk about his his Mavs fit. I guess you know he was he was draft eligible last season coming out of um his international play and i should have wrote down where what his league name was or uh his team name was overseas but he put up really impressive numbers there and that's kind of what put him on the scene and uh, he could have went to the draft last year but he was nowhere near the kind of heralded if you want to say prospect and he chose to go to arizona and play for coach miller and that's when he kind of really skyrocketed really on onto the scene and Strengths you talked about shooting. He shot what 42 percent from three, which is insane.
1: As a seven footer, like a legit seven footer, shooting from that range. He's coming off picking pops. He's you know shooting straight up. I mean, just anywhere, going left a lot of the time. He you know is super good at going left and turning and pivoting and hitting shots. So I mean, just yeah, that's any kind of shot he can make.
0: That's what I think is underrated. You know, from him is. A lot of these people that you expect, you know, we'll just call it for what it is—the the white big man shooter, you know—and they're like, oh, okay, you, you kind of have this mindset that he's just, <laughs> especially in Dallas, setting in the corner or just setting on the wing and just waiting to get the shot, and he's just going to knock it down. And that's really not his case because he can actually put it on the ground, like he can move with the ball, and that's you know that's a difference between like a comparison I don't like is Kaminsky. Yeah. I don't, yeah I, don't, I, don't,
1: like, I don't I don't really fall for that one either. I
0: don't like that, you know, too much but we'll definitely talk. a better shooter than Kaminsky was. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And so like yeah, marketing can put it down in his pick and roll, especially in today's game, and that's would marketing I'll ask you this, would marketing's prospect or how you view marketing change any different ten years ago or today?
1: Yeah, I mean you heard it on the the broadcast yesterday or wherever, whenever you're listening to this, um, that, <laughs> for the for the finals like Rashid Wallace was talking about how or I guess that was on the jump earlier but like you know guys just wouldn't survive back then like 10 years ago when the the Pistons the like 2004 Pistons can you imagine him going up against 2004 Pistons <laughs> <laughs> like yeah he's he's got to put on some more weight to be able to do that but you just guys like that were like Andre bragnani like bragnani came way too early you know he was the wasn't he he was the number one pick in like 2006 yeah I want to say that was a while ago and uh he just didn't make it like he had a he had a season where he averaged twenty points a game, but he just wasn't gonna make it in this that version of the n b a if he comes out now, Barnyani's like number one pick again, <laughs> and he ed- probably ends up making it because you you had a finals where you just don't put any you know plotting big men out there you have to you have to put shooters and if you're a shooter, you have a place in this league. We talked about it with frank yesterday,
0: yeah, and i i think if you if you take mark and you had him come out into the draft you know eight years ago, he's gonna be a stretch four. Yeah. And he's gonna be that power forward that plays alongside of a big bruising center. In today's game, I think he's the perfect stretch five. And it's kinda of like how New York jacked it up last year with Porzingis and signing giving a ton of money to Noah. I think, you know, Porzingis is the in par- more ways than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. And you know, Porzingis is the, the perfect stretch five. So if you found a system for marketing you know, we like the Minnesota fit. You know, we've yeah. talked about it before yep. with with Cat, but even if you look at you know another team that could that could put out a lineup to put him at you know put him at the center spot in, in the stretch five spot and say and stretch the four and say, hey, like, can you imagine if he took Capella's spot on Houston?
1: Yeah, dang, that would be
0: you know, and like even <laughs> like Man. even if they didn't have you know Ryan Anderson, let's say they put Ariza at the four. And then somebody else at three and Harden and whatever. You're not stopping anybody with that lineup, though. I mean, that's yeah. You're not going to stop anybody, but you're just going to you know score for days. And so yeah, yeah, I think a stretch five fits him better. Him alongside Cat would be uh, interesting to watch because I I don't know who, and we'll talk about his weakness, but I don't know who he would guard. Marketing.
1: Yeah, that that's the interesting part because you, you say he's a perfect stretch five, and that, I don't think that's true. I think Porzingis is a perfect stretch five because he can protect the rim and block shots. Markin is yeah. not going to be that guy that's going to kind of do that, and I think you need to have a rim protector for as many guys that are just going to the basket now. You know, you need a, a guy in the paint that is able to protect the rim at least a little bit. Markin is not really going to do that. Um, I've seen people talk about his rebounding and say that Markin isn't a good rebounder I think he's a fine rebounder like I don't think I don't think he's like Roy Hibbert remember Roy Hibbert couldn't get like four <laughs> rebounds in the, in the playoffs he's not that you know what I mean like he he'll actually get some boards and go after the ball and then he, you're not going to find a time where he doesn't box out or at least try you know
0: yeah I mean it gets. I mean his weaknesses if I guess we're talking about strengths and no, we can move on to weaknesses, right? weaknesses yeah you know his, his strength in the post game you know so when I think about marketing or marketing I go back to I watched the whole semifinals of the Pac-12. Arizona's in a Pac-12, right? I get some of those messed up. Bad uh, person, after that. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Pac-12. I'll get corrected if I'm wrong on Twitter. I'm sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, somebody's like, "No, how dare you?" <laughs>
0: yeah, if it's outside the ACC, I'm kind of messed up. But it's the semifinals of the Pac-12, and yeah. I watched him, and it's mainly because he was going against Lonzo, and any chance I could see Lonzo on TV. I was like, Oh, you go for gotta, that. I gotta watch. Go so, for it. so it was Arizona against UCLA. Winner was gonna take on eventually take on Oregon and man, what a game for marketing. I mean that was the you know, it's Prime T V marketing put up twenty nine points on UCLA, just straight lit them up. And everybody was buzzing about him after the game. They go to the title game in a Pac twelve title game, they play Oregon and it was a different story. You know, it's a different story against um whatever their centers they had a center that um got hurt, Oregon did, and didn't play in March Madness. But they had Jordan Bell also, which is in this draft and they just manhandled him and that you know, it kinda kinda you know, shown his weaknesses with that and, and even in the tournament against Xavier, you know, the one of the clenching plays of the game of Xavier is they had this, you know, kind of post player I should know his name because my like cousin half cousin place for Xavier and oh, really? so I was rooting for him and a ton and stuff my whole family but but anyway they had this post player for Xavier and they really needed baskets at the end of the game and they you know they went after marketing and after the game like they the coach even said like we know marketing marketing was not the defender <laughs> as the other Arizona, right so they like posted him up. they did this like post down play and they threw it over marketing's head and and that that was the lasting impression of marketing to scouts. Like yeah. that was the last time we've seen him. So he does get bullied around some in the post, and his post game is something that offensively or defensively. Offensively, his post game. His post game is kind of, you know, nobody is Dirk, but it he doesn't really have a ton of moves on the post yeah. yet. And but but it's but that's something, I, I think, can come.
1: That's something. else he doesn't necessarily need. <laughs> you know, if, if yeah. you're such a good three point shooter, then. If you can put the ball on the floor a little bit, then you're good. Like you don't need, you don't need a post game. There's not a lot of people like there's, that require a post game now. I mean, you look at the finals. Who has a post game in the finals? Who
0: posted up in the finals besides LeBron and KD? And
1: LeBron barely did, and people complain that he never did. <laughs> yeah. And even KD, I mean, a little too small to be posting up necessarily in the paint. But <laughs> uh, other weaknesses for for marketing. I mean. He kind of he's he's a pretty simple prospect right like there's just not a lot that's gonna surprise you about him unless he comes out and start like this summer maybe he adds some stuff to his game and we're like, oh my gosh like of the information that we know about Laurie marketing it's pretty simple he's a really good shooter can put it on the can you know put it on the deck a little bit and take it to the basket he is not that great of a defender he he is a fine defender he's i would say he's just barely below like average defender you know like he's not i don't know.
0: I want to say I don't have this written down, but, but I'm pretty, teams will go after him. Though. I'm pretty sure his dad played at Kansas for Roy Williams. What? But I could be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure I read that about him. So he comes from a basketball family, but he's surprisingly athletic. And that's what I just want people to understand about marketing. And I know I've talked about this a little bit ago, but some of his – like workouts and stuff you watch some stuff on that even even i know this is just a, a picture but look at his his picture on twitter His like Abby picture at one point it was him <laughs> it was him like jumping straight up in front of the rim and i swear the rim was at like his mouth and i know he's seven foot but still <laughs> he should be doing that still getting off the ground like that and but
1: wow he did his dad did play for uh pekka Markinen played Pekka? for Kansas and uh, eighty nine to ninety that
0: yes. season. Oh Pekka. Not Pekka-vitch, Pekka Vic. No,
1: Pecca. Pekka Markkinen.
0: Uh so what about his availability? What do you think?
1: Yeah, he's he's gonna be the the weird prospect because I could see him falling to like, you know, the teens, like you know, thirteen, maybe fourteen. What
0: do you put his, his ceiling? Then what's the highest you could see him going?
1: Uh in the like in the draft? Yeah. I can't see him going any higher than Minnesota, to be honest. Really? Which, there's just too many good players like in the draft can you see orlando taking him yes
0: really he's my that's my ceiling
1: i i don't i can't just because orlando would be very dumb if they don't take a player that can
0: could potentially be a star just because one we really don't know what orlando's doing they just (laughs) shook up their whole front office they got a new gm they got a new president of operations i think shook that whole thing up that i didn't mention it yesterday on the nilakino pod but i think that's a dark horse because they love length they brought in John Hammond over from Milwaukee. Dark
1: Horse for Neilakina too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what i was for saying. Both.
0: And they could just take, they could
1: really take anybody. They don't. We, we talked we talked yesterday how they have the worst odds for the finals, so they, just, they really don't have any talent.
0: Yeah, and like so with Markkinen, if a team reaches for him like Orlando, you can't blame him too much because he's a guy in there that's going to come in this spread pick and pop game that we play today in the nba he's a guy that can come in there and say you know if they trade vucevic right now yeah and they draft marketing and they roll with marketing and beyond which center, is
1: that's a pretty good front line there you that's, go that's you a put, solid 2000 you know
0: yeah if you want to in today line. yeah in today's game you want to roll out aaron gordon at the four and marketing at the five and run that at stretches then i'm okay with that yeah, that's they can give you
1: different looks for different things. I I think they need to go with a guy with upside. So if Dennis Smith is there, if you know Isaac is there, if Tatum is there, yeah, they have I don't to go I him. don't
0: think they'll take him, but it's I, a possibility, he, that's my ceiling. Minnesota's a possibility. I don't see New York taking him at all. If what you, if? What if? The New York, I, just, I don't, what don't, if, don't see that at what all. What if the,
1: they'd have the they'd have the two seven foot. Jump shooting,
0: it would be cool, kind of to watch. It'd be like guys. the 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 white twin towers. One
1: of them, one of them, they'd be like the the uh, Lopez brothers, <laughs> the Lopez <laughs> brothers of the of this century, the
0: shooting Lopez brothers.
1: So then then Dallas is there. Sacramento, I can't see them taking at ten. If they stay at ten,
0: I don't know. They could.
1: Charlotte is weird to me.
0: Sacramento, you can't predict anything. That's
1: also true. They they have the same title odds as Orlando. So
0: <laughs> Charlotte comes down to who do they value more, him or Frank? and you and know they, they, they could have
1: got a ton for frank kaminsky
0: <laughs> so yeah
1: yeah frank kaminsky not frank Nilekina. but detroit i could definitely see him going there De- yeah if, it, if he falls all the way to detroit i think that's where he's we'll going.
0: talk we'll talk on our lockdown you know we're gonna do a pod a bonus pod about the whole thing with that you probably already
1: listened to because it came out yesterday because we're posting this tomorrow and locked on draft today
0: Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> this is super weird now. But yeah, Hashtag so schedule. in our locked in our locked on like mock draft to where each you know credential reporters control their their teams and yeah. all that stuff, we made a trade with Detroit. Want to be GMs? And yeah, we made a trade with Detroit, and for Detroit to get marketing because they just they love him. To, you know his fit whether it's a Drummond replacement or playing alongside Drummond. Did the but, Pistons
1: yeah. end up taking him?
0: Yeah, they did. That was in part of why they made the yeah. trade.
1: Yeah, they they came up to nine and they took Markkinen. At nine.
0: But we'll talk about that. Which
1: I think he totally would, could have gone all the way to them. I don't think they needed to trade with us, but we'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll he take could. it. It was a good trade. But listen, I think, listen but, to that podcast. But
0: Markkinen is one of these guys to where somebody could trade up for him. Like he would be a perfect fit in Portland. I think he would. Portland would love. Yeah, to get Port,
1: him. it would be great for Portland. A
0: team to to come up to try to get him to you know if a contender could get Markkinen that would be awesome you know and.
1: Even what about Denver? What do you think about Denver?
0: Denver's weird because they just made that trade, and I'm assuming that they're going to play pay plumly You know, and,
1: yeah, but you put Jokic and Marketing out there. That's
0: yeah, it would be fun. You'd have to yeah, you definitely stretch it out some. But then you know Jokic's defense is hounded on just as much as yeah. Marketing's and. You can't really have two players that can't play defense. We saw that with Dirk and Bogut.
1: Yeah, I don't think he gets past Detroit at twelve. That's that. I think yeah. that's his floor in the draft and his ceiling. For me, is Minnesota. For you, is Orlando. True. If that's the way that the draft stays out. So, okay, his ceiling and floor as a player. Do you? I can't see him ever making an All Star team.
0: It would just have to be the the perfect fit on a team. He
1: that, would, he would have to become Dirk to make an All Star
0: team, possibly. I could see a situation to where he is a better Ryan Anderson on a Houston team that finishes, you know, like second in the West, you know, something like that to where he finishes top three. He averages like 20 points a game and he hits like five or six threes. Or
1: how about this? He is Kyle Corver on the Hawks last year where Kyle Corver, not last year, the year before, when they won 60 games, Kyle Mm -hmm. Corver made the all-star team. And you're like in a vacuum, you're like, how did Kyle Corver make the all-star team? But as a, you know, a, a, part of that hole, he was able to make it. So I could see in being that, you know, like level of all-star po- possibly. But that's I think that's his ceiling. Like, I don't think there's anything more than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It would, I mean, so much of this stuff depends on situational stuff. Completely. And just like, like when Rondo came out of Kentucky, you know, yeah. I remember when that happened. And I was never a huge Kentucky Wildcat fan, but growing up in Kentucky, you know, everybody just bleeds Kentucky basketball. And when they had Rondo and he came out, you know, he didn't, like, do crazy stuff in college yeah but then he declared and everybody's like why is he leaving like he can't shoot he can't do all this stuff <laughs> but he's the prime when i think of going into a perfect situation i think of rondo because he goes to boston and he has the cast around him and the
1: best shooter of all time at that point
0: yeah I mean, no Ray Allen. you know he has a title and all this stuff and so yeah he's
1: on espn talking about heart and soul and playing for a team and giving your all and
0: Maybe shut a up, podcast up, in August. Though. We can talk about that whole trade. We can just do a beef,
1: a beef <laughs> of the week,
0: or the like top three worst trades in Dallas history.
1: Um, all right, his floor. I don't think he, fall, he would ever fall out of a rotation for a team. If you got, if you have a three like that, like I can't see you.
0: I mean, I, I Steve think his, Novak
1: probably is his floor. Yeah, Channing <laughs> yeah.
0: Fry. I, mean, I, I feel like that would be a floor for him. As far as that's
1: still a pretty good. Like, a, Solid yeah, rotation player. Yeah,
0: solid rotation player. You bring him in, you know, a John Luer type guy. You bring him off the bench and say, "Hey, just spot it, spread the floor." And okay. Yeah, sure. Because like that. some some people were talking. I heard, I don't know. I wish I knew who it was, but I heard somebody talking about Sacramento, and they said, "Can you imagine a pick and roll, or a pick and pop?" if Sacramento gets Fox and then they get marketing, Yeah, that's nice. And they have Buddy Heald. And they put Buddy Heald on the wing. They do a pick and pop with Fox and Markkinen. Who who do you guard? You know, like yeah, pick, Fox is going pick to the one. basket. You got Buddy on one side, Marking on the other side. And then you're not talking about their other, you know, guys. Of...
1: <laughs> For good reason.
0: Yeah. But and I, I do want to say this. I know this is Sacramento, but like everybody hounded them about the boogie trade. Yeah. You could say that they're positioned better for the future than New Orleans, I think. You can make an argument. Oh,
1: definitely. Well, the, bringing in Demarcus Cousins is not a future pick. You know what I mean? Like, that's a win now decision.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're going to get, they're getting the 10th pick and Buddy Heald for Boogie, basically. And in this draft, you know, you could come away with a solid prospect. In a
1: vacuum, know. that trade without contracts and length of anything, that's that's a future and a now trade for the for the Pelicans. You know like that yeah. like that's amazing for them. But that, put the contracts in there, put the fact that Drew Holiday is going to muck up all of their cap space and that Salo Hill and that Solomon, yeah, Solomon Hill signed for all that money and that they still have like Alexia Jensa and uh that guy. and uh Omar Ashik. <laughs> Ashik. Wow. They still have Ashik on even the even books. In the league. Uh his contract's almost the same as uh Dwight Powell's, I think. That's right?
0: why I don't <laughs> give me Aussie. now uh, (laughs) that's why I didn't understand uh, New Orleans is uh, title odds that you said yesterday
1: yeah well it's just with title odds you're like okay who has stars where would the money go maybe like who could get hot maybe like you know Mm. it's just like what's the possibility what's their ceiling basically as a team yeah so that that to me is 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 marketing's floor is like a he'd stay in the rotation yeah
0: um, for sure
1: yeah, Ashik, nine—he he, almost ten million this year, ten and a half million next year, and then eleven million. So, right about where Dwight Powell is.
0: So, let me ask you this question: That's gonna,
1: We're going to look at that as a bad
0: guy. Is there any scenario, considering the top nine prospects, is there any scenario in which Markkinen ends up in Dallas, And that like <sighs> like they draft him over those nine guys that I, I can't imagine? Is there any one of those guys that? If they drafted him over them, you would not be pissed off. So we got Fultz, Ball, Fox, Jackson, Tatum. Then you are looking at Dennis Smith.
1: Nilikina and Monk.
0: Nilekina and Monk. No. Jonathan, if they
1: Isaac. took Mark over any of those guys, I would be upset.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: As, and I think Mavs fans would be too. I think it would just be like, wait, what? Like we passed up all these guys. But the thing is, if they do, then yeah. you're like, Ooh, maybe they know something <laughs> about him. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's something else. But
0: they make Dirk look stupid.
1: It could also be another like Kelly Olynyk pick. Ooh, <laughs> remember they picked Kelly Olynyk? Yeah. They traded him away. But uh, <laughs> his future, his, his NBA comp, we talked about Ryan Anderson. That's pretty much the the solid like. But I comparison. think he's better than
0: that. Like I don't I don't like that as much because I think he's more athletic than Ryan Anderson was. Like even in Anderson's younger days in in Orlando. Yeah. Like people throw around Channing Fry, Ryan Anderson, Kaminsky. I mean, the shooting of Ryan Anderson. But like, I wrote down a couple of like he's not the defensively as Porzingis. He's not. He doesn't have the upside of Porzingis. Yeah. But he has like kind of the fluid movement of Porzingis. Yeah. As far as like he can put the ball on the floor, Gallinari, Miritich, like those players are a little quicker than Ryan Anderson yeah. and Channing Fry. And Markinen is like you watch him in at Arizona. Like he. It's not just pump fake, wait for the guy to go by and shoot it, or pump fake and then like try to pass or one dribble. It's pump fake and I can drive to the basket. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it's an in between of a Gallinari, Miritich to Ryan Anderson Fry, more more athletic Ryan Anderson or more athletic Channing Fry. That's for me.
1: All right, his future role. uh, We've also sort of mentioned that rotation player could definitely see him as a stretch five stretch four on a you know starter on a on a really good team um more so a stretch four for me i I can't really see him as a stretch five on a like a playoff team maybe if it's like a playoff team like like the rockets like you said it would have to be that sort of team that just outscores people like completely you know what i mean like overwhelms people with scoring and three-point shooting
0: yeah yeah
1: i could see him playing stretch five for sure but not on a super successful team yeah
0: there's some other situations possibly like know.
1: or that like he has Serge Ibaka maybe like next to him like a guy like that maybe that's like yeah Serge Ibaka in his prime I'm not sure Serge Ibaka in his prime anymore but but like where a guy that can totally block shots and defend anybody that you know anybody in the paint is coming after him
0: are you talking about his uh, impact roster impact if Dallas did Yeah draft so him? if
1: if Dallas does draft him uh the roster impact is that it's more of just like an impact but he will be compared to Dirk Nowitzki for the rest of his life <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty much what it'll be. Because how much this could it, be Dirk's last season, and for
0: his rookie season to
1: be there, that overlap you don't want that.
0: Okay, and let's be honest. This is like let's, if D'Angelo
1: Russell gets drafted by the Lakers, and D'Angelo Russell
0: is less. Are we
1: no, no, no. If Dangelo on his on, on Kobe's last season, if Dangelo oh, Russell okay. gets drafted, it's it's Russell's rookie season, and he like looks like Kobe in almost every way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where he like is super aggressive, and you know is a two guard more than a, a point guard. Doesn't pass as well. Good defensively. Like everybody be like, "Oh my gosh, it's the next
0: Kobe." It's and it's the NJ effect in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, people want to talk about that. That that's what played into LeBron not picking Chicago back in the day, and. You know, maybe some big stars not wanting to pick Chicago since since Jordan because they don't want to be constantly compared. And so, be honest on a scale of one to ten, how high is it that that is what plays into your thinking that you don't want marketing in Dallas? Is the comparison to Dirk?
1: Not high. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, probably like a four. Like you do think about it. It is something that you want there. But if you if you're sold on him as a as a prospect, if if you scout marketing and we haven't scouted him like in person or anything like that so we don't know but if you scout him and you're like man this guy is like actually better than the rest of these guys you know that are going to be on the board then you go ahead and take him like go for it if if that's that's a risk that i think the mavericks should take especially in the situation they're in now you you lose almost 50 games in a season for the first time in forever you have to take whatever the best prospect is and if they think marketing is that then they go for it from personally i wouldn't I wouldn't like it, <laughs> but if I'm the team, then I, I think about it maybe a little bit, but and that's more of just how are we going to approach this player's development and how are we going to approach this player emotionally and as a person, and not, yeah. ne- not necessarily as a player. You know what I mean?
0: And yeah, and let me and let me say this. That's like a job okay.
1: for Sarah, not a job for Donnie. <laughs> Sarah <laughs> yeah. Melton, the Mavs, is like PR director.
0: If we move, if we were at eleven and not nine, would your opinion change? If we
1: were at eleven. Probably because that, I mean, yeah. he, he is part of the top like 10, you know, because like whoever is available, I think that I just think there's better players going to be available at nine. So, yeah, yeah, exactly definitely, so definitely would fall. It's that.
0: bigger than his fit. It's not saying that it would impossibly not work. Yeah. It's, it's right. more about there's nine good players right above him and we're at nine. Yeah. <laughs> and so we could get those players over marketing. So I see. So there is that side of the comparisons to Dirk and that, that would suck because that he would literally get that he gets it now and he would get it every week <laughs> from yeah, fans right. to talk shows to whatever it is is he the next eric all this stuff Gosh. but there's also a flip side too if you want to be pro marketing and i'm pro marketing as a prospect but not in dallas but we have the system in place, and
1: that's a hell of a mentor to come <laughs> yeah. in and have Dirk Nowitzki what, being the what, guy. If you want you to know. say
0: what better of a situation Jeez. to come into, to come into, learn from the guy that the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest to ever play the game, learn from him in the system that has been built around him, and play play the stretch four alongside Nerlens. If you want to make that case, then I'm all ears. I can hear it, but I, you know, I'm not saying drafting, but I could see it. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean like you sometimes with prospects like this, it's sort of a guy that we've never really seen before necessarily in this light. Like, yeah, we've seen Kaminsky, yeah, we've seen Ryan Anderson, but not a guy this maybe this highly touted in a draft with this like prospects this good. Like the draft Frank Kaminsky came in, it was not as good necessarily as this draft from, yeah. from one to ten. And uh so we've never sort of seen a guy like this and you're like, Man, well, is a team gonna know how to use him? Well, Here's a team that knows how to use a guy like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. This is a team that like, hello, we're the Mavericks. We've done this before. <laughs> yep. So all right, why should that's that's the reason why the Mavs should take him right there. What you just laid out is that the yeah. Mavericks have done this before. With a player like that, great and amazing, the best mentor you could have in Dirk Nowitzki. And, and Harrison Barnes was just on the fan uh, with Bennett Skin talking about how good of a mentor that Dirk was this past year and how he took him under his wing and how he was willing to answer questions for anybody in the locker room and that he's just a, you know super down to earth. I mean, we all know this. We're you know As Mavs fans, we all know this, but that yeah. he is willing to, to talk to anybody. And I would hope that they would put Markin's locker right next to his. Whose locker is to the left of Dirk's? I can't remember. Nerland's. Oh yeah, because it's in that corner. Yeah, you think they? Would, I don't like, think they would move Nerlens. Nerlens
0: <laughs> took Justin Anderson's locker.
1: Right, which that. <laughs> <sighs> oh man. Nobody's
0: in. No, I, Jared Utoff took uh, Darren Williams. I locker.
1: remember uh, there was a big Dirk moment, and uh, there was a big scrum around his locker, and Justin Anderson was like wading through the crowd to try <laughs> to try to get to his locker, and just like <laughs> like kind of making it funny, making a big deal about it. It was funny. Justin Anderson is a good guy. I, I,
0: I kind of yeah, miss him in the locker I, room. I like that guy. He's a cool dude.
1: Why the Mavericks shouldn't take him we have discussed this as well. The comparison to Dirk is part of it. It's not one of the things. The biggest reason why is there there's better prospects than him available.
0: Yeah, at nine probably. And personally, I mean, I think in today's game he's better at a stretch five and we're about to hand the bank to Nerlens. So, but I
1: think Nerlens could play a four in a way. Really? Yeah, not offensively, obviously, but he could yeah. he could definitely guard well, fours. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: I think obviously yeah, Nerlens could guard fours better than marketing could. And
1: right? in a positionless basketball, you're like Okay, I'm gonna set positions as to who they can defend. Not necessarily what they play on offense, because offense True. is whatever. You know, you're not just throwing it down to a guy in the low post and having guys out on the wing. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I could see that working out in a different way, and and Rick Carlisle could figure it out. You know, yeah. Trust in Rick. All right, thanks so much, guys, for listening to this. Uh, Lori Market, thanks so much for the feedback. Appreciate it. Again, if you can, we'd love it if you would uh, rate and review the podcast. We know you guys love it, so let iTunes know how much you love it. And that helps us out. And thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. Peace out. Boom. Ace is the place
0: with the helpful hardware, folks.
1: It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99.